you guys a moment. Um, so it's Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Um, please uh, join with me in prayer before we read together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for the uncontainable love and grace you have for us as your children. We pray that you help us to be transformed by your word and the way that we parent our children and relate to others and that we remember your grace constantly. Please soften our hearts to hear your word today and help Pastor Iggy to speak with boldness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, so please turn with me now. We're going to be reading the parable of the lost son. That's in Luke chapter 15. And we'll be reading from verse 11. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer to be worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and have never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of our Lord. Um, a warm welcome to you all. Let me add my welcome, especially if you're new with us. 
uh, here, especially for the dedication or just visiting us at CPE Church today. My name's Iggy. I'm the lead pastor here. So great that you're here with us, especially as we open up God's Word and we go through this series on gospel-shaped families and how appropriate today as we dedicate uh, one of our children here uh, to God. Um, and today is a really important sermon as we think about the um, impossible task of parenting. It's, it's, let me start with this. Just picture this. So you've, uh, it's late at night and you, it's way past your kid's bedtime, way past your kid's bedtime. Uh, you've already said your prayers with the kids. Uh, you kissed them goodnight. Um, they've been a bit unsettled. So you've actually been upstairs twice already to tell them to settle down. Uh, finally, they're quiet. So you slump into your favorite chair. Uh, you're exhausted. What a long day. You pull out your phone. Finally, time for some rest. And then you hear it. The kids, they're still up. They're laughing. They're shouting. You can hear the little footsteps. They're running around upstairs. And that's it. That's the last straw. So you stomp back up the stairs. You fling open the door and you let out your rage. You say, kids, don't you know how late it is? Don't you know how tired I am? Why won't you kids ever listen? <laughs> Little Ethan is laughing. Maybe he's experienced this before. And then your kids, they quieten down. You leave the room with a final threat. I don't want to hear any more noise from you or else. And then you go back downstairs. And you think to yourself, is this supposed to be this hard? Why won't my kids listen? Why do I have to shout before they get a response? I don't want to do that. You don't feel good about what's just happened. What if I told you this isn't a hypothetical situation, that this has been me on more than one occasion, more times than I like to admit? Maybe for you as a parent, if you're a parent here with us today, it isn't sleep, but insert chosen scenario here, uh, brushing their teeth, eating their vegetables, doing their homework, sharing their toys, whatever it is. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Surely it's not meant to be this hard, is it? We want to be good parents. But the problem is many of us are exhausted. Many of us are overwhelmed. Nothing we do seems to work. Now, could it be that maybe we're thinking about parenting all wrong? Today, I want to show you some key principles from God's Word that will revolutionize your parenting. I'll unashamedly say that um, much of what I'll be saying today is inspired from this book, uh, a very gospel-centered book called Parenting by Paul Tripp. It has been so helpful for me uh, personally. So much of what I'm saying today is drawn from this book. Um, if you're not yet a parent, if you're single, if you don't have kids yet, I'm so glad you're here with us. I hope today will not only help you prepare for the reality of parenting, if that's what God has in, in store for you, but also for you to understand the challenges, the unique challenges that parents um, go through as they parent their kids. Because um, as we understand that, we can love and support and pray for our families better. Uh, that's what God wants for us as a gospel community, isn't it? To support one another. So I hope that this will be a sermon that will be beneficial for everyone here. Now, here's the starting point. It's to change your mindset. Um, many of our problems as parents start with a fundamentally wrong mindset. Because what we bring to our 
uh, parenting relationship is that we have an ownership mindset. What I mean by that is that we say that these kids are ours. These are my kids, and which means that I can do whatever I see fit in parenting them. I can parent them in the way that I see fit. I decide that. Now, in and of itself, this seems pretty reasonable, right? But it's actually fundamentally dysfunctional. Why? Because this isn't God's good design for family. Let me say something. Good parenting, which does what God intends it to do, begins with the humbling recognition that our children don't actually belong to us. Let me say that again. Good parenting begins with the humbling recognition that our children don't actually belong to us. Rather, every child belongs to the one that has lovingly created them. Your child ultimately belongs to God which means that they aren't just little projects of ours that we can mold and shape however we see fit. We are not the ones who determine what success will look like for our children. God already has a plan for them. And parents, you are vital to this plan because he has entrusted these children into your care. Rather than an ownership mindset, we need to change our mindset and we need to adopt an ambassador mindset, an ambassador mindset. Think about the job description of an ambassador. Um, They are sent to faithfully represent the message and character of the leader who has sent them. The ambassador is not free to do whatever they want. Ambassadors do not just speak independently. They, They think and speak and act shaped by this one question, what is the will and the plan of the one who has sent me? And this is the calling for all of us who are believers in Christ here today, to be ambassadors of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 shows us this. Ambassadors of Christ, all Christians, to represent His purpose, His message, His character to the world. And parents, nowhere is this more important than in your homes. Last week, Pastor Felix helped us to see the ultimate purpose of parenting is discipleship. It's discipleship. It's to help them know and trust and love Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is what matters. Why? Because this is God's purpose. This is His plan. This is what Jesus left off with in Matthew 28, to make disciples of all nations. This is the game plan until He returns, which means that this is God's purpose for your family as well. And God works through you as His ambassadors to make this happen. What a high calling it is to be a parent. Have you ever thought about that? What a huge responsibility it is. And let me tell you, it is not easy. Um, On more than one occasion, I've sat at the breakfast table in the morning doing uh, disciple-making work with my kids. uh, I've been doing, we do our morning devotions together. Uh, We open up the Bible, read the Bible together. But it's, you know, unfortunately, so often it, it can change so quickly from one minute I'm pointing them towards Jesus from God's Word and the next minute I'm shouting at them for not listening and hitting each other. You know. If disciple-making was actually just rote learning memory verses and gospel presentations with our kids, it'd actually be pretty easy. But it isn't just that. It's ambassadorial work. It's all of our life as a representation of God to them. It's a 
Our lives are a living embodiment of the gospel to our children. This is why parenting is hard. Parenting is not a scheduled event. It's 24-7, all of your life. And here's the main reason that this is so hard, that this awesome task we're given is so hard. We are sinful. We are sinful. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans, speaking of the state of humanity, yeah, in Romans 3, verse 10. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. As I read these verses, maybe you're a parent here and you're thinking, how does the Apostle Paul um, have such an accurate biography of my children? Has he been watching my home? Don't worry, we'll talk about your children's sin later. What I want to talk about now is you. You are a sinner. I am a sinner. If you are here and you trust in Jesus, you are a forgiven sinner, but still a sinner nonetheless. You are a work in progress. Jesus Christ, he breaks the power of sin. Praise God for Jesus' death and resurrection, which breaks the power of sin. But until he returns, the presence of sin still remains. We will still struggle. And that sin, it lives here in your heart. This is for every single one of us. Friends, we all have a selfish tendency to do what we want and not what God wants. Parents, tell me you know this. Have you ever sat defeated after another angry blow up at your kids? Have you ever said words that you regret that have wounded and hurt that child under your care? Have you ever physically pushed or shoved your children out of anger? Have you ever resented your children for getting in the way of your life and what you want to do? Have you ever neglected your children's emotional and spiritual needs? Because let's face it, you're just too busy today. Parents, we, we need to realize something. We, we need to realize that the source of our bad attitudes, our irritated actions, and our unkind words, the source of our sin, it, it isn't our children. It's, it's actually us. Actually, what we need, we don't need saving from our children. So often we feel like that. We need saving from ourselves. If we keep blaming our children, we will never be ready to parent as God wants us to. Parents, when we're willing to confess that, confess that we are the biggest problems in our parenting and not our kids, then this is the road to transformation. Because it's this humble, needy stance where God will do his mighty work. Parents, do you need to confess your sin today? Do you need to confess that you've been self-righteous and proud? Do you need to confess that you struggle with the very same sin that you get angry at your children for? Do you need to confess that you need help? I know I need to. This confession is the beginning of transformation in your parenting. Listen to me. God doesn't call you to be a parent because you are able and you can do it all on your own. He calls you to this impossible task of parenting so that you would depend on him more and more and more and trust in him more and more and more. 
You are human. And as a human, you were created to be utterly dependent on your creator, God, every single day of your life. And parenting is definitely no exception. When you come to God needy, humble, weak, and failing, He will meet you with His powerful grace. He will never call you to a task without giving you the means to do it. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says this, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, parents, do you believe this? When you feel exhausted and overwhelmed and you feel like giving up, do you know this truth? Do you remember this truth? The God of infinite power and wisdom is within us. He's with us every moment of our parenting. He gives us the power to fight sin. He gives us the power to love, the power to be wise, the power to that is centered on Christ's death to pay for our sins and rescue us to be a new people. Which means, as you confess your sins, you will see God's power even more clearly. His power to graciously forgive your sins and His power to transform you to be more and more like Jesus each day. It needs to start with confession. We are sinful But realize this too, our children are sinful. Picture this, your child's sitting at the dinner table in their high chair. Uh, They've got a piece of broccoli in their hand and it's raised like this. And you say, don't you dare throw that piece of broccoli. And then you see a glint in their eye. They've just heard a challenge. So their arm swings back It goes forward and they open their hand and the broccoli is flying through the air and it's now on the ground. That tiny little hand has opened up and hurled its contents. Parents, you've just seen sin in action. Some of you here still think that your children are little angels. Sorry to burst your bubble, they aren't. Children have the same sinful hearts as you and me. Most parents know this from experience. But the question is this, how do we deal with this? Here's the key principle. As a parent, you aren't just dealing with bad behavior, but a condition that causes bad behavior. As a parent, you aren't just dealing with bad behavior, but a condition that causes bad behavior. All of the laziness, the disobedience, the sibling fights, the foolish decisions of your children are symptoms of a deep sinful heart. If you don't get this, then you will just settle for surface solutions that don't produce lasting change. Here's another way to put it. What we are called to is not a behavior control mission, but a heart rescue mission. It's not a behavior control mission. It's a heart rescue mission. This is a heart problem. The parable of the prodigal son gives us insight into this heart condition. If we look at Luke 15, verse 11. Jesus speaking. And he said, there was a man 
who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And, and he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Here we see a son who has everything that he needs. He has a safe, secure home. He has a father that loves him and provides everything that he needs, yet he chooses to exercise his autonomy as the main thing. I want to be independent. I don't need you. I want my share of the inheritance. Give it to me so I can do what I want. And you'll see in the rest of the parable, he makes foolish decisions. He indulges in reckless, sinful living. He wastes all of his money. He has nothing left because he's been driven by a proud heart that says, I want to carve my own path. I don't need you. I know what is best. This is sin at work. And friends, this is the very same sin that drives the behavior of our children. And note, this is the same sin that drives the behavior of us. No matter what their age, children have this inclination because of their sinful hearts. And we need to get that a child on this path is headed to destruction. They need help. They need help. There is a serious heart problem here. And God has put you into their life as their means of help. The first step is to show them that sin is serious. You have to get this. The battle that you have with your children about eating their vegetables is not a dietary battle. Your three-year-old has not gone home and studied the dietary requirements that a three-year-old needs and concluded that broccoli shouldn't be part of their diet. That is not what's going on there. Your son is saying, I am the king. I am the ruler and no one else but me will decide what I eat. What's happening here is an authority battle. This is sin. Our children enter the world resistant to authority. This is a serious matter. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Children, good verse for you to be taking note of right now. Look up from your activity packs. Note that verse. But parents, know this. You have been given ambassadorial authority from your king. He has delegated you authority to do the task that he wants you to do, to parent your children. We mustn't be embarrassed of this. Authority is something that in our society is a bit of a taboo word right now. We can't be embarrassed of this. This is God's design. I see many parents who give in to whatever their, their children want. I see parents in the playground ruled by their four-year-olds. I hear of homes controlled by the demands of their teenagers. This isn't God's good design. Let me ask you a question. If we were to play back a video recording of the last six weeks of your parenting, who would we think is actually in control of your home? Here's a more important question. Who do your children think is in control? Who does your children think is in charge? 
Parents, you've been given authority with a purpose. To bring them up, as you see in verse 4, with the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Which means when they push their sister, when they speak back to you disrespectfully, when they haven't finished their homework that was due last week, you can't just ignore that. If you do, you know what you are saying. You are saying, this is permissible. This is, you can do whatever you want. You are the authority and this is a good thing. This is not the discipline and instruction of the Lord. God's word tells us that those actions are are loving and foolish. And your child needs to know that. They're lost. They need your protection and guidance to point them towards that truth. Then they need to know that these things are not good. There needs to be consequences for their actions. But let me take this moment to remind you that you are ambassadors of Christ. You represent him to your children. So your authority as parents must never be exercised in an angry, abusive, impatient way. Your authority needs to be wise and loving and servant-hearted because this is the authority of the king that you are called to represent. This reshapes how we discipline, but this also helps us to see that there must be a conversation. Remember, we are called to instruction as well. Our loving authority is best demonstrated when we sit with our children and speak. And we speak not only about the what of their sin, but the why of their sin as well. Showing them what sin is is a great start. We're, you know, we might say something like, Sally, when, when you pushed Johnny, that was an unloving thing to do. Did you realize how much you hurt him? Well, we need to go deeper than that as well. Sally, do you know why you did that? It's because you have sin in your heart. It's because you care about what you want and not about what God wants. And you know what? That's something that daddy struggles with as well. When you speak like this, this is an opportunity for the spirit to work. The more your children understand why they do what they do, it's easy, the easier it'll, it'll be for them to admit that they're wrongs and seek your forgiveness and God's forgiveness. They need a conviction about how serious sin is. Because only when they get this will they be able to see how great grace is. And that's the next thing. We need to show them God's grace is amazing. I've talked about how authority is vital in the relationship between parents and children. But don't mistakenly hear the solution is to come up with a set of rules that you just enforce with an iron fist. That won't work. Let me put it this way. If rules were enough to rescue your children and transform your children, then Jesus Christ will never have to come. Remember, God has given us a heart rescue mission, not a behavior control mission. You can have a child that is 100% compliant on the outside, but has a heart that has no love for God. And that is a complete failure, even though it looks good on the outside. And the only way that you'll see lasting change in Uh, the lives of your children is to point them towards the one that can bring this lasting change. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is the only one that can deal with the heart problem. Our kids don't need a more harshly enforced set of rules. They need the forgiveness of their sins. They need the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. They need God's grace. Which means that every child Every child needs to hear this message loud and clear. 
that your sin is great, but God's grace is greater. Your sin is great, but God's grace is greater. They need to hear he loves you. His son has died for you. And no matter what you've done, he's always ready to forgive and accept you. The picture of the father and the prodigal son story is a great example to us. Remember what's happened. The child has abandoned his family in sinful, selfish rebellion. But his father's waiting patiently for him to return. Luke 15, verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This is a great example for us. Because ultimately, this is a picture of our Heavenly Father and us, His children. What our children need most from us is not our condemnation and our judgment and our criticism. What they need most from us is our compassion and our forgiveness and our grace. The father in the story never became bitter or angry. He longed for and hoped for his son to return. What a beautiful picture for us to live out in our parenting. We are called to embody the whole gospel. Parents, show your children how serious sin is. Do that through discipline and patient instruction, but do not just leave them there. Point them towards the amazing grace of God, the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Help them to grasp how good this is. Help them to see and taste and savor this hope that's available for them. Say to them, Jesus came to die for your sins and God loves you and wants to forgive you. Would you like to pray for that now? Daddy can do that with you if you want because I need to ask God for forgiveness as well. When was the last time you had a conversation like that with your kids? Some of you here um, as parents will be thinking, well, let's get real. This is a lot of effort. I don't have time to do this. Uh, Let me acknowledge this is really hard. It takes time. It takes effort. It's much easier to just uh, smack or drop a threat and leave the room or just punish. It's much easier to just ignore the bad behavior. Here's another option. Ignore the bad behavior and just hope it improves. That's the other option. But parenting was never meant to be easy. This is a huge, huge task that God's given us. God calls us to an enormous task and it will take sacrifice. Are you ready to do that for the sake of your children's hearts? People always say to Li Ching and I, your kids are so good. Your children are so good. Uh, Let me tell you, we have good days and we have really, really bad days as well, okay? And just to burst that illusion that some people think that we're a perfect family and our kids never misbehave or anything. But I must, I need to say, I do think God's graciously working in our kids. But that's only come as we've invested heavily into spending as much time as we can with them. As we've built relationship, as we've tried to discipline well and set clear boundaries, as we've tried to have these gospel conversations, as we've tried to model the gospel by apologizing for our sins when we failed. And let me tell you, we sin often and we fail so often. You can ask our children. Ultimately, what we pray for every night is not, is not the good behavior of our children, but that our kids never stop trusting in Jesus. 
And I genuinely believe that every gospel conversation helps this to happen. Every gospel conversation. I've been really convicted about this this week, and I've been working. Let's be honest, there's so many times that my kids will come and, you know, say something to me, my brother hit me, or like they start fighting or something, and I'm just too tired. It's just too much. I, I just leave it. I just go, you guys sort it out yourself. <laughs> but I've been trying really hard to invest in these relationships, especially this week. And let me tell you, even in this short time, I, th- I think I'm, I'm, I've been seeing the difference that makes. I've been hearing apologies that, from my children that I never heard previously, maybe because I didn't put in the time to invest into this. I've, been, I've had opportunities for me to apologize for my sin and pray with my children about forgiveness. I genuinely believe every gospel conversation makes a difference. Parents, know this. Most of your parenting is done in the mundane, seemingly insignificant moments of life. It's done in the context of relationship. If most of your parenting isn't done in big moments which command all of your attention, it's all of the, every, every moment, 24-7. When you sit down and build Lego with your kids, when you drive them to a sporting event, when every opportunity for gospel conversation is there, these conversations will pop up when you least expect let me tell you something. This is a job that only you can do. You can't rely on Sunday school teachers to do this for you. Childcare won't have these conversations for you. Your grandparents won't do this for you. This is your calling. No one else can be a mum or dad to your kids but you. What a huge responsibility. But what a huge privilege it is that God chooses to use us in transformative work of the gospel in our children's lives. Let me finish. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ in the lives of our kids, to show them Jesus in all that we say, in all that we do. And let me say something, parents. You will fail at this. You will lose your anger. You will say things you shouldn't. You will do things you regret. Maybe today you've realized that you've been doing things all wrong and you feel like an utter failure, but let me remind you of the gospel, that God's grace is bigger than any sin. God is ready to forgive you and he is there to help you in this calling. He doesn't call us to something and leave us alone. He is there with us every step of the way because God loves you and he is for you. And guess what? He loves your kids even more than you do. May the gospel of grace transform your parenting. May he use you as instruments of grace in the lives of your children so that we may see the next generation of devoted disciples of Jesus raised up in our homes, all for God's glory. Let me pray. Father God, help us. This is where we want to start. We just want to say help us because we are sinful. And even as we begin to comprehend the enormity of this task that you've given us, to raise disciples of Jesus in our homes, despite being such sinners ourselves. We just need your forgiveness for our failings, and we need your power to help us to keep going, to have the grace to keep parenting well and to be ambassadors of you. We pray that you may work through us to see your good purposes done. May you bring about change in our hearts 
so that we will see the enormous value of what we do. May we as a church community see the value of this and support our families, prepare ourselves for when we may have families. But Father, we do this only relying on you and your grace in all things. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Igu. Um, I think as a parent, for me, saying sorry is hard, right? Um, acknowledging your sinfulness. Uh, I 